So today, today's daf is Lamed Zayin and Psachim. We are on Lamed Vav Amud Bet, last line of the uh, of the Amud. Actually, Tanu Abanan in Ofin Pat Ava BePesach. So in the parentheses it says Biom Tov, as we're going to see, that's going to be one of the discussions the Gemara is going to uh, take up. But anyway, you don't we don't make thick bread, okay? Thick Pat Ava BePesach Devarei Beit Shammai. So according to Beit Shammai. Of course, the concern is that you won't be able to pre- prevent it from becoming chametz as easily because it's thick. And um, and then Betilel says it's okay to make this uh, thick bread, but even so, the way that Rashi reads it is what it means is meaning what how far does Betilel go in permitting this? I mean, how thick of a dough could it be? It could be a tevach. That's pretty. That's pretty thick uh, of a dough from matzah. Because we see that the lechem apanim that uh, was made in the Beit Hamikdash. The walls were right of the of that bread, you know, that had that interesting shape. It looks like a boat kind of. So that was uh, that was actually a uh, a tefach, the thickness. Uh, we learned about it when we learned in Masachet Nachot. But and that was also not allowed to be chametz. So you see that you can make such a bread that is uh, that is uh, a tefach, and, and you could be okay. So so the um, and that was still called bread, and it was still able to prevent it from becoming chametz. So that's our limit. Our limit is tefach. Okay, so so the so Matkivla of Yosef of Yosef didn't like this. Said Imam Just because in the Beit Hamikdash they allowed the Kohanim to make a tefach thick and they said it won't become chametz, that's because there's zrizin. Kohanim zrizin, they're very meticulous. Imam Amila. That's talking about something that's well needed and very like carefully. Everything is done very thoroughly. You're going to say that about bread that is not as well needed and well worked. They used very dry wood in the bit, so the heat was very dry. Are they going to say the same thing about wood that is not as dry, so it doesn't produce as strong of a flame? It's like same same thing as like you know you have these industrial ovens that they become very very hot. You can't make your oven in your in your house as hot as the matzah oven that they make. You know, so, so he's saying the same thing. The industrial oven is very hot. He doesn't mean it's a cold oven literally because obviously that wouldn't do anything. But what he means is it's not going to be as hot as the oven that they use in the Beit Hamikdash. Most people have a tanoshel cheres. They had a an earthenware uh, oven. They didn't have a metal oven. They had a very high level, very hot, very uh, you know like commercial type uh, oven in the Beit HaMikdash. So that's why they were able to do that. But in your own house, are you going to be able to make sure that you bake through? Because the problem is, the concern is that if you don't bake all the way through quickly, so then the parts that don't bake all the way through quickly, that's going to become chametz in there. And that's why a lot of people there, you know, if they see some part of the matzah that's not fully baked, they won't eat it because if they think that it's, you know, they're concerned that maybe it became chametz because, you know, unless it baked, but I mean, it's highly unlikely, if not impossible for our matzah, but because they're so thin. But a, a matzah tevach, the middle of it might not be fully baked, they're going to know. So he doesn't like this. He says it can't be that Beit Hillel is allowing you to bake such a thick matzah. He said, I asked Rabbi about this. Omar, who is it? Rav. He was talking about Rav, his teacher. Some say, no, Rabbi Yom Yabarab said that Rav said, that I asked my teacher about this, meaning Rabbi, because they were three generations removed. In other words, Rabbi Yom meaning Rabbi Yudah Nasi was the teacher of Rav. Rav was the teacher of Rabbi Yom Yabarab. So either Rabbi Yom Yabarab was saying this about his own teacher, Rav, or he was reporting what Rav said about his own teacher, Rabbi Yom Either way, he said that it doesn't mean my pat avat. They weren't arguing about thick Matzah. They Beit Hillel would not say that they could make a tefach thick matzah. It's not possible. Rather, what does it mean? Pat ava, pat meruba. A lot of bread. In other words, making large quantities of bread was what we're talking about. We weren't talking about thick bread. We're talking about large quantities. That is going to be, as we're going to see, a um, 
a uh, um, you know a problem of of too much exertion. It requires a lot of work to need such a thick. If you're going to make a lot of bread, large quantities of bread, so it's a t- it's too much work. So as she says um, that nakatla. Uh, We're not talking about because of chimut. He's making too much. He's putting too much effort into making bread. In other words, you should only make the amount of bread that you need to eat for that uh, time. Technically speaking, if you're already cooking something, you can put as much as you want. In. You don't have to be so precise on Shabbat. Let's say like you're making Choresh on Yom Tov. You don't have to say, well, I'm only allowed to cook for the Yom Tov. So what if I leave leftovers? I don't eat all of it. You don't have to worry about that. You can fill the entire uh, pot with uh, as much food as you want. And then uh, even, even though you know that it's because one Bishul. Say, it tastier, no? it, well, they, they say that of bread, right? It says about the bread also that if you put the, if the bread is full, you know, the oven is full, it makes the bread tastier. But he's saying you shouldn't go to an excess to make too much because it's too much work. So, and, and that's the thing because it's too much work. Alternatively, that it, that it could be that the reason why they used the word patava is because that's what they called a lot of bread where the wherever this tana was was located. They called it thick bread if you had a lot of bread. Okay, fine. So my tama, what's the, the question is why? If it's because unnecessary exertion by Yiriyaba Pesach. So then why did Beit Shammai and Beit Yilal argue about Pesach? Because it said that, that you're not allowed to do it on Pesach. Why only on Pesach we care about your extra exertion? I feel of Yom Tov Nami. It should be every Yom Tov. So it says, "In Achinami, you're right." But the fact was that the Tanav was saying this over on the Yom Tov of Pesach, right? So therefore, he he mentioned. In other words, Pesach was coming up, or it was Pesach. So he said, "You know, don't make too much on Pesach." But really, it applies to all Yamim Tovim. Here we say it says Yom Tov. In other words, that you shouldn't go out of your way to make too much bread on Yom Tov according to Beit Shammai only, right? Meaning Beit Shammai says that you should only make the amount of bread that you actually are going to need. Don't go out of the way to make more than necessary because it's too much exertion. And Beit Yilal says, no, it's okay. And the reason the Masachet Beit Shammai says like what Beit Shammai said, that they, you know, it says that because it, since it actually makes the bread tastier because it heats up the oven more, apparently with the, you know, the uh, more bread. So it's better. Anyway, you can use for matzah patnikia, which means that you sifted the flour very finely, or unsifted coarse flour that you didn't take the bran out of. You can even use like artisan style, you know, different shaped wafers. They would like, you know, make them look beautiful. You know, you go to a bakery, they have different shapes. I mean, I've never seen this with matzah really, but you know, they would do with these different kinds of cakes. They have different designs, right? Even though the halacha is that you can't actually make design designer matzah. You're not a allowed to make artisanal matzah, but technically, not because it's chametz, not because it, it wouldn't be full, it wouldn't fulfill the mitzvah, it would fulfill the mitzvah. The only reason is that they were afraid that you're so busy, you know, making some design thing, it's going to become chametz in the meanwhile, while you're so busy with your art, right? There was a certain baker named Baitos who asked uh, the what's the problem with making my beautiful designer matzah? I want to charge more for it. You know, what's, what's the problem? Because the lady takes too long. She wants to make it look beautiful, you know, and then she's going to take a picture, put on Instagram, or make one of those cookbooks, you know, the beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thing. He said to them, Why can't you just, you know, he had like those, you know, the cheating that you, you have those cookie cutters, right? Like when I was a kid, I remember we had those molds. He would make the cookies for Hanukkah. Okay, here's a menorah. 
Okay, here's a here's a sivivon, and here's this, and you just stamp it like that. Why can't you do that? Kevan, because the reason is amrulo. So that word kevan does it belong there? Probably not. Right, right, right. It shouldn't be kevan. Amrulo yomru kol asrikin asrikin usrikay baytus mutarin. They will say. All, this is a very famous saying, by the way. It, it became like a, a saying in the, uh, in the Gemara, which is that whenever you try to make an, a, a, an exception, like for somebody's special case, so people will say all you know, artists', artists uh, matzah, designer matzah is forbidden, but baitos is okay. Meaning you can't make an exception for the one guy who happens to have diffus. He has like a special uh, mold to make it. You can't make exceptions. So then Moed Katan also talks about the guy who only has one shirt. You know, how's he going to say one shirt? You know, so he's allowed to wash it during, uh, during Chola Moed. It says, how can you say that? They'll say, Kol asurikim asurim baitus mutarim. It means like, you can't make exceptions for a particular case because people won't know why you're making exception. So in the same, uh, in the same vein, so it's saying here, but this is actually the original source, right? That meaning once you allow Baitos, the baker, to do it or whatever, so then everyone will think that they can do it. So Rabbi Elazar Bar Tzadok said that one time Rabbi Tzadok and I went into the house of Rabban Gamliel. And they brought him these beautiful designer matzot and Pesach. I said, didn't the rabbi say, didn't they say you're not allowed to make designer matzah? They weren't talking about what a person does in their house. They're talking about the super fancy level. Okay, according to this version, he's saying that if a person made simply in their house, I don't know, a matzah in the shape of, uh, uh, of uh, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking what you would make. You may, right. So, something like that. so the person will make uh, something like that and then uh, uh, in the shape of uh, Arbe. Uh, you know, something to symbolize the Makot, something cute. That would be okay because it's in their house. So they're not going to be like high level. It's not a gourmet baker. It's just making it, you know, to be cute. That would be okay. But Shalnachtomin, the professionals, it has to be, you know, when they make a cake of, of, of Mickey Mouse, it has to be, you know, exactly the, you know, Miduyak. That's going to be too much. Right, so Amu, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right, that, that was what they said. Some say, no, the opposite way. The reverse. That since these were done by professionals, Rabban Gamliel wasn't concerned. In other words, so there's two different versions. One version is saying the homegrown one is better because the one done at home, he's not going to be as careful and he's not going to spend as much time on it. It's not going to be so perfect. The one done by the baker is the problem because the baker is going to put to, it has to be just so. Well, the other possibility is exactly the reverse, that the professional who knows what he's doing, boom, he does it in one second. The person who uh, is doing it at home, it's going to be much more involved and they're going to end up creating chametz. It's like when I try to cook. Since I cook once every decade, <laughs> I took, cook once every decade. It takes me a day to make one thing, you know, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, 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 somebody who is experienced, they can make 500 things in, in, in an hour, you know. So anyway, I'm Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said, Osin Tzurikin, Kevin Rikikin. You could make designer kind of thing like wafers. But you can't make them thick because that's where the problem comes in. That's what Rabbi Yossi says. So that's, uh, that, that's sort of a compromise. He's saying you can make it, but make it only when it's uh, not so thick so you don't have to worry too much about it rising. We're getting onto a little bit of a different subject, but it, it, it does intersect with our subject, which is what kinds of cakes or what kind of baked goods do you have to take chala? 
Because um, not every item they have to take challah. You have to take challah from bread. So you don't have to take challah from every kind of uh, baked good. So the question is, these items, it's saying, they're patron from challah. Sufganin is like a sponge cake. Dufshan is like a honey cake. Viskaritin is, uh, is a type of a, uh, a has a, uh, he says, a very... Um, uh, thin batter. It's not a very thick batter. So it's, uh, it's very fluffy, probably. It's not a, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, and he says, what? Yeah, he says, uh, it, yeah, he says that that's what ketzapichit bedvash, when it says it's like a honey cake in the, the man, that's what it's talking about. It's some kind of a fluffy, a lighter, uh, a thinner batter, like, uh, sort of like a pancake batter, I guess, instead of a, instead of a, a batter rather than a dough, it sounds like. Vechalata masret is something that they would put in a, on a pan. They would cook it on a pan. Again, these sound like, kind of like breakfast foods that we have today, like, you know, things that you would cook on a pan. Huh? Yeah, so, yeah. So, th- th- well, that, is that made in a pan? It's not per. It's not. I never made it. I've only eaten it. Yeah, uh, I've eaten it. It's good, but. And also how it's made. Also how it's made. The main thing here is how it's made, not just that it doesn't have other ingredients. Also, it has to be baked. And these are all things that are either they don't have a thick dough, so it's not really considered isa. It's not considered to be batzik. So that because it's too thin, or because it has other things mixed in, or because the way that it's cooked. So there's the, there's a lot of different variations of things. Why? That doesn't necessarily mean, no because the batter the the dough the batek is not is not is not is not, is not, is not running. It's not like pancake. It's you know it's still thick. It's just that they make it into shape that's thin. Um, in any case, it says. That uh, what so so and he says also meduma meduma means that if it had truma mixed into it in some way so there's a whole discussion about what what case that would be where the where the uh, truma was mixed in I mean what what are you talking about but anyway moving but that's not the focus of the uh, uh, of the uh, the point here but it says like this my chalata masrit what is chalata masrit here that it's talking about so Amar ben Levi this is where they mix the dough with with hot water. Okay, they mix it with hot water instead of uh, instead of lukewarm or cold water. That's called chalut that the people make at home. He says that's what is not considered to be uh, something you would have to take chalaf from because it's something that it, it's almost similar, sounds similar to the case of bagels. In other words, it's something that they boil it first and then afterwards perhaps they bake it, but that, as we're going to see, that would change the picture. So right now it's just assuming that that means that they just, that's all the cooking that it gets is the boiling water with the dough um, and that's the extent of it and that's why it's not considered to be lechem. Okay, now... Yeah, no, no, that's only because they bake it after. So the, these things, if it's not considered lechem for chalar, also won't be lechem for hamotzi. Okay, so the all of these things, like you don't say hamotzi on a pancake, but if I ask you, well, what's the difference between a pancake and bread? It's wheat, and you mix it with water, you cook it. So what's the difference? Oh, because one is in a pan, and one is a you know, the the one is a thin batter, one is a dough, one is in a pan, one is a, you know. So they're they're trying to distinguish. You do because they bake it afterwards. I'm saying, I said. But they bake it afterwards. Oh, it's going to explain that this. We have to just be patient. Okay? So now, he says like this. Uh, the reason why these are not, uh, why these are not considered bread is because they're made in a pan, not in an oven. That's what he says first. So all of these things are cooked in a pan. So his position is that everything that's made in a pan or a or a, you know, pot or whatever is never going to be bread. 
Rabbi Yochanan says, no, it's not true. Just because something's made in a pan doesn't mean that it wouldn't be considered a, uh, a bread. The reason here is it's, you're talking about that they would bake them in the sun. In other words, like what I'm saying is this, that they would do this and then they would just leave it out in the sun and there was no baking. That's why. See, like that we're saying with the bagel. So with the bagel, even though they boil it, they all, then they put it in the oven. They don't, not, they don't leave it out in the sun. These were things that they didn't have a real baking. They just had something in a pan. That's why it wasn't considered to be bread. Lo- okay. Lafa, lafa is, is like they put it on a hot plate. They don't put it in the oven. But, but it's in an oven. It's not, no, they, they just put, they put it in a hot oven. It bubbles and then they take it off. That's it. Yeah, but it's still in an oven they put it. There's, they, they don't not put it in an oven. Yeah, they put an oven. So it's not in the sun. They don't. If they had sun baked, yeah, it could be on a plate. That's okay, but it has to be in an oven. That's the main thing. Whereas when you're talking about a pot, it means something that there it doesn't go into the oven, but the fire is underneath. Meaning it's in a, it's cooking in a in a kli. It's not cooking in an oven. Oven is considered different. So now it says made there is no objection. So this seems to support Rabbi Yochanan because it says all of these items that you make, if you make them in ilfas, if you make them in a pot, still you'll be liable for chala, meaning it's still called bread, all these things. But chamapturin, if you make them in the sun is when, you're, when it's not considered, because that's not afia. But he's saying that it's still considered lefot. If you did it, it's still considered baking. If you did it in a pot or you did it in a pan, it doesn't matter. So that seems to knock out Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish right out of the water because he was saying that anything that's made in a potter pan is not going to be uh, is not going to be good. It depends. If you heat it up, you heat it up the pot, and then you put the uh, uh, you put the uh, dough on it. So he's saying that um, he says that when when I said that you're exempt is when you put it on and then you heat it up the pot. If you heat up the pot and then you stick it on. Right, so then it's like you made an oven out of it. In other words, yeah, says, It's like you made the pot into an oven, you heated it up, it's like any hot surface, you made a hot surface and you put a bread on. So, right, but if you put the bread in and then you heat it up, he says, that's considered not, that's considered cooking, not baking. According to Reish Lakish. So, if that's true, so they always ask this question. Well, if that's the case, so then why does the Brita contrast cooking in a pot with cooking in the sun? Say cooking in a pot has two forms. One that is considered cooking and one that's considered baking. Why would you have to bring in the sun? Say like this. That when is it, when is it true that it counts? as baking when you heat up the pot and then you put the bread on but if you stick it on there and then you heat it up then why do you have to bring in the sun? So it says does the same move that the Gemara loves to do which is to basically say that it was that it was really referring to our case secretly which is there's a piece missing really it should say that one is it true that that the uh, that the pot made bread is considered bread that's when you heat up the pot and then you put the bread in that's in the same category in other words if you put it in and then you heat up the pot it's as if you put it, did it in the sun meaning that basically the way that Rish Lakish will read that Brita is that anything that is invalid is included in cooking it in the sun including if you put it into the pot and then heat it up the pot which is not considered to be baking according to him so Tashma come and listen Yotzin even matzah that's made in a pot. Right? So what, so what is he going to do with that? So you see that the matzah could be made in a pot? According to Rish Lakisha, if it's made in a pot, it's not bread. 
Right? So how could you, how could you eat the, that matzah? So says, no, ha-chanami, he'll tell you that's also talking about where you heat up the pan. In other words, if you heat up the pan first, yeah. and then you put it on there, that's as good as an oven. You just made like a mini oven. What's the problem? It's like those, uh, those, uh, what, what did they call them? Those, uh, uh, those ovens that they used to make for kids. They, they yeah. discontinued them. Right, that they used to they used to be able to buy them in Toys R Us. Yeah, with the light bulbs, right? yeah that they would cook a little uh, little cake in there. Right, easy bake oven. Easy, yeah, easy bake oven was called. Yeah. Anyway, they they discontinued. I think probably blew up some people's houses. Or something. <laughs> anyway, my matzahina. What is considered to be this matzah that is un that is uncooked that you're allowed to use? I like this definition of raw matzah, meaning it's considered cooked enough. If you break it and you don't see strings of dough, and if you see strings of dough, it's not cooked at all. It has to, the point is it has to be cooked. It doesn't have to be fully, fully, fully cooked, but it has to be cooked enough that you don't see strings of dough when you break it. That's enough. Okay? So, Amaravan, Toda, same is true of the Lachmet Toda, of the loaves that accompany the Korban Toda, that they have to be extant, they have to be complete. At the time when the Korban Toda is sacrificed, those, those, uh, those loaves have to exist already and be baked so the Kiddushah goes on them after, you know, at the moment of the offering of the Korban Toda. So that's, so that means that they have to be baked. So what's considered baked? Same rule, he says. If at the point, if they are baked to the point that, that if you were to break them, you wouldn't see any strings hanging off. So that's considered baked enough, right? So it says, Pshita, that should be obvious. Why do you have to tell me that? It should be obvious. I mean, if we're defining what's considered baked bread, the interesting thing about the Gemara is this is the nature of the thinking of the Gemara. It's a good example of that. That the Gemara is always trying to define categories, define a concept, right? So you define the concept Lechem, and you're defining the concept of Lechem for many, many, many Tchumim, different areas where Lechem is relevant. So if you're talking about whether to say Hamotzi, whether it requires Birkat Hamazon, whether it requires taking Chala, whether it, whether it qualifies for Lachme Toda of the Korban, whether it qualifies for Matzah, all of these things are uh, under the umbrella of what is the definition of lechem, right? So that's, the Gemara is always thinking categorically and trying to define the concept. So once you define that lechem is considered something that's baked at least enough that there's no strings hanging off when you break it open, and I, I'm sure everyone's had the experience that they've gotten a baked good that they thought was baked from the bakery, and there was a, and they opened it and it was not fully baked, and there were strings hanging off. It's happened to me in the not recently, but it, I, it's happened, right? So the point is, in co- both cases, it's called lechem. In the case of matzah, it's called lechem. In the case of um, in the case of uh, of lachmet todat called lechem, so it should be the same thing, right? So ma'od detema ha'il uchtiv dekriv mimenu. Echad mikol korban. Since it says you have to give mincha mikol korban, that's the truma that you have to give to actually to the uh, to the kohen. That you give. Um, you, what you do is you take uh, when when it comes to uh, the korban toda, you have forty loaves. So you have thirty loaves that are matan and, and ten loaves that are chametz. We learned about it in a masachet menachot. You take. Uh, one of each type, one-tenth, basically. You know, you give them one of the chametz ones and one of each of the three kinds of matzah, because there's three different kinds. You give it to the kohen, and uh, that's that's part of the uh, the process of the korban toda. As Rashi explains there, he says, Chumal Hashem la kohen azorek, etc. Varbat minin ayuba shel eser eser chalot. Right? So you give. So what's the point here? You might have said, since it says, Echad mikol korban, Echad shelo yitol parus. And the rule is that you have to Give the um, you have to give the kohen a whole loaf. You can't give the kohen a partial loaf, a broken loaf. And a person might say that until it is fully cooked, 
it's still considered a broken thing. So Kamashmalan, it's coming to tell you that as long as if you broke it open, there wouldn't be any strings, you know, of raw dough, that's enough. It doesn't have to be fully cooked to qualify as Lachmetoda. It doesn't have a stricter standard than it would for um for the uh for the for the matzah. Okay, so Medvei has raised an objection. Somebody, Me'isa, it's going to say, basically, it's boiling again. We use hot water with the, um, with the flour. So it's Beit Shammai Potrin. Beit Shammai is Potrin. And again, we're talking about separating chalaz. It's considered to be bread. So Beit Shammai says uh, Potrin. And, uh, and Beit Hillel Mechaivin. Beit Hillel says, you do have to separate chalaz from such a thing. Hechlita. So this is a... Uh, this is a, um, a similar thing. The Gemara is going to explain the difference between what is chalita and what is uh, uh, meisa. But it says Beit Shammai mechayvinu Beit Hillel potrin. They switch sides. Okay, so ezu meisa chalita. What is the difference between the meisa and the chalita? So it says hameisa kemach shal gabei muglashin. So it says that means that you put the hot water first and then you put the flour on top. Right? Achlita is muglashim shal gabe kemach. That's when you put the flour and then you put the uh, and then you put the uh, water on top of it. In other words, so according to that, that would mean that in the case where you put the uh, the the water first. Right, because saying that the the um, the water first is meisa, so that would be where Beit Shammai is more lenient and Beit Hillel is more stringent. But when you put the flour first, that's where Beit the, they switch sides and where Beit Shammai becomes stringent. Huh? No, we're only talking about water. Only water. Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Mishum Aviv, Zevizel, Liftur. Rabbi Yossi said in the same in the name of Rabbi Ishmael, but Rabbi Yossi said that my father Rabbi Yossi said that in both cases you're exempt. Well, that doesn't help us at all. Right, so some say that it was, he said they were both good, and some said they were both not good. Meaning, obligated in chala, not obligated. The chachamim said both of these. If you afterwards put them, right? If you did it completely in a pot, then you would be uh, exempt. But if you put them afterwards in the oven and bake them, so then you are going to be obligated. Rashi says here. Um, Oh no, the Rashi doesn't say yet. That's later. Okay, so now the um, so that so we have multiple opinions. We have the machloka between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Then we have Rabbi Yossi, who either says they both of these cases, whether the water went first or the flour went first, uh, it doesn't matter. Both cases would either be yes for chala or no for chala. Then you have the Chachamim who say if you put them afterwards in the oven, then it doesn't matter, right? So v'tanakama ma'ishna ma'isa ma'ishna chalita. Why does the um, why does the Tanakama seem to think that Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel will have totally different positions depending on whether you put the water in first or you put the flour in first? This is a mistake. It doesn't matter which order you put it in. There would be a machloket in both cases. And it's broken, meaning like, there are two different opinions here. In other words, one said that Beit Shammai is lenient and Beit Hillel is stringent here, and one said the reverse, but they didn't mean to say that there was a difference between the cases of whether the water went first or the flour went first. It was just that one was, was quoting the case where the water went first and one was quoting the case where the flour went first, and it got put together into one breita, but actually they, uh, there's no difference at all. The, really, they would agree... Yeah. What? Two different yeah, two different names. So one was just using the example of where the water went first, and one was using the example of where the flour went first. But the, uh, one of them was, yeah, obviously one of them it must have been wrong, but the point is that they, but m- merging them together, they don't fit together. So Rashi says, One thought that this was one of the cases where Beit Shammai was, was, uh, uh, was stringent as usual. 
right? And it doesn't make a difference whether the water went first or the flower went first. And one said, no, this is a unique case where Beit Shammai was lenient. And, and, it, and it, again, it doesn't make a difference whether the water went first or the flower went first. They were just using different examples. But actually, there's no reason to distinguish between the two. The fact that it says that if you made them in the pot, you would be, you would be uh, exempt from challah, uh, but if you made it in the oven, you would be liable to bring separate challah to Rabbi Yochanan. That seems to knock out Rabbi Yochanan because what Rabbi Yochanan says it doesn't matter if you make it in the pot. Right? Reish Lakish said if you make it in the pot, so then it's, uh, then it's not going to be bread. No. That fits perfectly with what, what Reish Lakish said. Rabbi Yochanan said it doesn't, that it doesn't matter. Oh, as long as you didn't make it in the sun. Even if you cooked it in the pot, the dough in the pot, you still are going to have to separate chalat, still consider bread. It doesn't matter that you made it in the, uh, in the pot. That was what Rabbi Yochanan said. But so these are, these this are, is saying it does make a difference. No, but these are, these are the things which boiled in water. Yeah. Right, but that's what they were talking about before. The other from the sun, I don't think it was no other. Just First it was boiled and then it was... Well, it didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, they were talking about all kinds of different cases. One of the cases that they had was the chalut before. One of the cases was, um, in that discussion between them, was, uh, was, the, um, was things that were made in the chalut shel balei batim. Right, chalata masrit. It was the it was the when they used the boiling water to cook oh, it. it yeah, yeah. So that that was the machloket between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Oh, so the, how, how did you define what is chala afoshat chala here? That's what they're talking about. No, no, because it's not the main discussion here. They're not going to get into that. It's only it's only just trying to define what is considered bread. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to define what bread is. It's not going to it's not going to go all the way into that. You have to learn masechet chalat to learn all those details. It's not going to get into that so much here. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so now it says to Rabbi Yochanan. So Amalech Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan will say to you, Tanai it's a machloket Tanaim. The Tanai Yachol Yemeisav Chalut Achayim Chalat. Because the Brayta says you might have thought that if you use water, hot water mixed with the dough, that it would be obligated in Chalat and Mudamar Lechem. That's why it says Lechem. So it says, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, en lechem el afoy betanur. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, bread is only when you bake it in the oven. Rabbi Yehuda, hainu tanakama. Doesn't that exactly the same thing as the tanakama? Tanakama just said that these, bo- the boiled water ones are not obligated in, are, right, are not obligated in challah because he said you might have thought they're obligated in challah. And then Rabbi Yehuda comes and says, yeah, because it's not baked in an oven. So why, why are they arguing? So it says, no, it's not. El alav, ma'asayil fasik benayim. Tanakama savar ma'asayil fas chayavin. Rabbi Yehuda savar ma'asayil fas Pituri. So the, that the, the machloket here is exact according to what Rabbi Yochanan is trying to interpret is that uh, that, uh, that that's exactly the machloket whether mase ilfas whether if you make it in the pot you'll be liable or not. So Rashi says So that's what Rabbi Yochanan will say. The Tanakhama's chidush here is not that cooking it in a pot makes it not bread, but the chidush is that the fact that there was with boiled water, so the cooking process started even before that is the problem that even during the lisha even during the before that was made into dough it was already mixed with hot water that was the problem in other words Rabbi Yochanan is saying that the Tanakhama here his chidush is that if you use boiling water before you've even kneaded the dough you start with boiling water that's not considered bread but if you start with regular water and you cook it in a pot that's no problem and Rabbi Yehuda is coming along and saying, no, if it's made in a pot, it's no good. So he's saying, my machloket with Reish Lakish is really the machloket here between Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakhama. But the Gemara doesn't accept that. It says, lo, the kulei alba maseil fas, peturit. Actually, no, everybody could agree 
that masayil fasad. If it's made in a pot, it's gonna, you're going to be uh, exempt from challah. Here we're talking about where you went and you baked it afterwards. That according to the Tanakhama, as long as in the end you put it in the oven, that's like bagels, right? Case of bagels. As long as in the end you put it into the oven, it's going to be okay. Rabbi Udasavar, Ed Lechem El Afoy Betanur Meikara. Rabbi Yudas says the only thing that's defined as bread is something that is only exclusively baked in an oven, not something that was first cooked in a pot. So that would mean that according to Rabbi Yehuda, according to this interpretation of Rabbi Yehuda, he would hold that bagels are not hamotzi. Because he would say, since it's first boiled and then put in the oven, it doesn't save it. It's never going to be called bread, according to Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda would be one of those people that says, Mizonon and bagels. You know, there's some people that have interesting ideas. Where did Rabbi Yehuda get the idea that an oven is what defines bread? Because it actually says it's actually the klalot. But, you know, yeah. But it says, The ten women will have to use one oven because they're going to have so little, either because they're going to have so little dough or they're going to have so little uh, Ovens uh, available or both, you know. That, right. So the, but the point is, lechem afoy b'tanur echad. It doesn't. The word echad doesn't belong here, obviously. B'tanur koy lechem. Shein afoy b'tanur and koy lechem. That shows you that the definition of uh, of bread is that it's baked in the oven, because you see that the, the Torah calls it vafu lechem. B'tanur, so that means it's a lech b'tanur. So that interestingly, here, uh, the, the, there's a very, very interesting discussion about what the halacha lemaseh is. Because normally, we follow Rabbi Yochanan. Um, in general, we, we follow Rabbi Yochanan against Rish Lakish. But here, after Rabbi Yochanan tried to defend his position and say it's a machloket and that it's really just, you know, his opinion is reflected in the opinion of the Tanakhama, the Gemara rejected it and said, no, according to everyone, if it's made in a pot, it's not bread. And this is talking about where it was baked afterwards. So it's interesting, a Gemara leaves the, the last word to Rish Lakish. So the Tosavot here talks about that, that it sounds like the Gemara is really siding with Rish Lakish in the end and not with Rabbi Yochanan. Even though you'll see that many hold like Rabbi Yochanan and they don't hold like Reish Lakish but, they, but interestingly the Gemara seems to favor Reish Lakish here. so one last little story one time Rabbah and Rav Yosef were behind Rabbi Zerah and Rabbi Zerah was in the front of the class I guess in front of Ula so since Rabbi Zerah was in the front of the class so somebody in the back of the class you know wants to get a question asked he doesn't want to raise his hand so he asked the guy in the front you know could you ask, the, ask this he says ask him ask Ula this ask him if you stick the bread inside the pot but you heat outside right so as she says meaning you put it into the pot and then you heat it outside you put the fire outside the pot he says right like the way that we normally do what would be considered so he said, Why should I say that to him? He's just going to tell me that's the same thing as cooking in a pot. That's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the novelty? How about if you put it in the, in the pot, but instead of cooking underneath, you know, because normally the fire goes underneath, you take a torch and you put it on top of the, uh, like the easy bake oven that use the light bulb, right? Why can't you use that? So what about that? So he says, right, so he says, uh, what I'm going to say, 
rov aniim osin kin. He'll say that's just the normal masse ilfas. That, that that's the way that the aniim do because they don't have that much firewood, that much you know fuel. So they do that all the time. They cook using a torch on top of that. It's a very interesting idea. Now, what's the point? Now, I now you can't really conclude here necessarily what they thought about the Reish Lakish versus Rabbi Yochanan. They're just trying to deta- determine what's considered the case of Masel Fas. And this is saying that whether you put the fire under the pa- pan or you put the fire over the pan, that would be considered Masel Fas. Now, the Machloket between Rabbi Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan would be um, Rabbi Yochanan is saying that the fact that it's made in a pot makes no difference, right? The fact, even if you cooked it completely in a pot, it would still be considered to be bread. According to the way that the Gemara concludes, Resh Lakish is saying, well, Resh Lakish would understand the Brita seemingly, that if you bake it afterwards, you could redeem it according to the Tanakama. If you bake it afterwards according to Rabbi Yehuda, it won't help you. It has to be exclusively baked in a, uh, in a, uh, in an oven. But th- there's a lot of interesting halachalamasa, and the most practical case, of course, is the case of bagels. Um, that uh, have been discussed, you know, in terms of the uh, the uh, what, what you would say, because according to Rabbi Yehuda here, it seems clear. According to the way the Gemara concludes about Rabbi Yehuda, he would definitely say that bagels would not be hamotzi or would not be lechem because they're first boiled and then put in the oven. But the Tanakh here, according to this, would say that they are, and Rabbi Yochanan would also say that they are because he would say that even if you completely cooked it in a pot, it would definitely be um, it would definitely be considered bread. Okay, so Bezalel will continue here tomorrow.